This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Now, Sandy Taylor was shocked when his local council implemented a trial for a shared space scheme in his local area without any consultation. Since then, he's taken on the responsibility of campaigning against any permanent shared space schemes. I was chatting to Sandy to learn more, and I started out by asking him to explain exactly what a shared space scheme is. A shared space scheme is basically where the traffic lights, pedestrian crossings, safety railings are all removed and the pedestrian shares the roadway with traffic. These schemes started off in Holland and there is a different culture there as far as cyclists and so on are concerned. So what are the council proposing in your local area? The council are proposing that they remove all the traffic lights but the full length of the main high street. There will be one controlled crossing at the extreme south end and nothing throughout the main street. Now, if I wanted to cross the street at the extreme north end, I would have to make a half-mile detour to be able to cross safely at a controlled crossing. There, there, there will be six what they call courtesy crossings. Now, this is simply a raised section in the road. The road will be brought up to the same height as the pavement and there will be tactile marking at the edge, but there will be no delineation between the roadway and the pavement at that point. And I'm expected to step out and hope that traffic will stop and enable me to cross the road. Now, I will not be so irresponsible or stupid to step onto a carriageway totally unaware of traffic coming in either direction. I should also point out that traffic have a duty a legal duty to stop at controlled crossings. That, that is zebra crossings, pelican crossings, puffin crossings, etc. There is no legal compulsion to stop at a courtesy crossing or uncontrolled crossing. And what is your background personally, Sandy? What are you involved in? I am a member of Eastern Bankshire Visibly Impaired People's Forum and my first meeting with the council leader was over a space in the town which had just been landscaped and they had omitted to put in tactile marking. So there was no inner shoreline for me to follow. And that was the first we heard about it, because 10 days later, we had the council came along to our group and told us that they were starting a trial in the town where traffic lights would be switched off, safety railings would be removed for a period of four weeks, and the trial would begin. I could imagine that that would have immediately flagged up some quite serious problems for you. Absolutely. I mean, we we were invited to this meeting really by mistake. They thought our then chair was a member of the access panel. And obviously our members were absolutely aghast. The thought that um, we would no longer be able to get near our high street and we'd be trying to get across the road. You know, the the, the one member who said our independence would be taken away. That that was very, very clear in the, the first meeting that we had with the council. So what did you decide to do next? The council did a presentation. I, I, I hesitate to say it was a consultation because they didn't really listen to any, any of our fears, uh, so it can't be called a consultation. They, we then managed, our members instigated the introduction of other people like Scottish Guide Dogs, Deafblind Scotland. Even the council's own sensory impairment officer hadn't been involved at that stage, and that it was at our instigation that they were introduced. Moving forward, Sandy, how are you addressing these concerns? What are you doing to challenge these proposals? Well, we 
going back to April, we had a petition where we stood in the main street and talked to the public, and they were absolutely totally behind us. We had we collected three and a half thousand signatures. The public, are, having witnessed the trial, they certainly don't want to go back there again. But because of the time scale, they, they can't believe that this scheme is still going ahead. And the council planned to start the construction phase at the end of this month. So tell us more about your petition, Sandy. What, prog- what, what stage is it at? How's it progressing? We went through to Edinburgh on the 3rd of December, which was International Day for Disabled People. And at this, on the same day, we had a colleague in, in England handed the same petition into 10 Downing Street. So we went through to Edinburgh. We met our local MSP, Fiona McLeod, who's most helpful. We had some photographs taken outside with our placards, etc. And they went in for a pre-arranged meeting to hand over the petition to the petitions committee. The staff at Holyrood have been most helpful and supportive. And the petition calls for a moratorium on all shared space schemes throughout Scotland until the safety issues have been addressed. So what would you hope happens next moving forward? Well, I'm hoping on the 26th of this month, being provisionally penciled in, that we our petition will be heard on that day. And I hope to have an invitation to address the committee. See, we have a great many submissions from many affected people and influential people. I'm hoping that the government will indeed adopt a moratorium until these issues have been sorted out. Safety is paramount. And equality, I have to say, we are being treated as second-class citizens here. I would say that the council and the government have a public sector equality duty to ensure that we are given equal rights. Have you had any support from influential people or organisations? There was a recent debate in the in the House of Lords. Lord Chris Holmes, who is a former Paralympian, and he is championing the shared space opposition, if you like. Lord Chris Holmes has sent a submission supporting my petition. And uh, a great many organisations, Visibility, Scottish Guide Dogs, Deafblind Scotland, many, many organisations have given me their support. So in a parliamentary debate in the House of Lords, chaired by Lord Chris Holmes, there was a statement in there that stated shared space schemes are the biggest systematic institutionalised discrimination against blind people ever seen in the UK. Would you care to expand on that? Well, that is quite a profound statement, isn't it? You know, we, we are being discriminated against. I am so surprised that nobody else is really picking up on the equality issue in this. But it is not just blind and visibly impaired people that this will affect. Many people with dementia, learning difficulties, elderly people, other disabled people will also be denied access to their high seat because they simply will not take a chance in crossing the road. Many people have fought over many, many years to, to get rights for disabled people. And here at a stroke, they are being denied to many, many people. So have you been having feedback from drivers and pedestrians that do have their sight? Well, the, 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 tri- the, the start of the trial, if I can tell you about that, Stuart, we got uh, guide dogs involved and, and one of the council project members were blindfolded and taken across the, the, the main street during this trial. And she was flanked by sighted people all around. And when she got to the other side, she said, that was a scary experience. Now, that's with people around her. We don't have that luxury. 
However, the trial proceeded and it was utter mayhem. I can only describe it as utter mayhem. There were fights. People came out of their cars and they were rolling around the street. The police were inundated with complaints from the public. There were so many near misses that it's unbelievable. But latterly, the public simply avoided the town altogether, both, both traffic and pedestrians. Now, shopkeepers were down over 30% in turnover during that period as people just left the town. And this is what we fear will happen in the future. So the trial was a, an absolute disaster from every angle that we can see. And afterwards, the council came back and said that over 60% of respondents said it was a disaster. However, council hailed it as, would you believe, a success. That sounds very unstructured and dangerous. Rules are there for a reason to keep people safe. And if you throw the rules out the window and it just becomes a bit of a free-for-all, it does sound like mayhem like you described. And yes, the high street has been in a lot of financial difficulties recently and regeneration is a, a key thing. But this sounds like it's the wrong way to go about it. It sounds like businesses just aren't happy. Well, the shopkeepers have never been consulted at any time. There have been a couple of meetings called, but there is a general apathy from the shopkeepers. They know the council don't listen, and very often they don't come to meetings. I mean, I've been round every single shop in the town trying to encourage them to come to meetings. But the high street is, as you say, in decline everywhere, not just in Kirkintilla, where I'm, I refer to. There are a number, like other towns, a number of charity shops there. But we don't have a shoe shop anymore. We don't have a butcher anymore. And we would hope that the council would encourage shop owners to to get tenants and uh, to regenerate our high street. But introduce a scheme such as this, people will avoid the town. I, I know I'm speaking on behalf of our members. They certainly will avoid the town altogether. It sounds at the moment like it's a reasonably localised problem, but if it's not nipped in the bud and these problems aren't addressed, that it could become nationally implemented and still raise massive problems across not just local areas in Scotland, but the whole of the UK. This is a national issue. I mean, in, in Scotland, it is relatively new. But in England, these schemes are... <laughs> They're like a rash, quite frankly. They're happening everywhere. The accidents are so regular. I, I, I just I can't begin to, to tell you all about the, the number of accidents that have happened down there. I, I speak to people from other towns. They get in touch with me, having been in the local press, etc. A gentleman from Kinross contacted me. They have recently introduced a scheme there. And again, that is absolutely hopeless. The traffic is supposed to be 20 miles an hour. The cars are going through there over 40 miles an hour. People are frightened to cross the road. There, in that town, there are no pavement edges at all. Local nursery schools are having to do a detour to, go, to be able to cross safely at a controlled crossing. A, a lady in Dumfries can no longer access her town. Her guide dog is, is totally confused. There are A-boards, there are cars parked illegally. There are all sorts of obstructions. Uh, the, ro the road surface is very, very difficult for her to, to manage and she can no longer access the town independently. If people want to get involved and show support, what would you recommend people do? Where can people go? Well, I would like, uh, if people feel strongly as I do, that they, they send a submission, which is simply sending an email telling the Scottish government how they feel. And this goes to the petitions committee. Hopefully you have the, the details there, Stuart, and people can write to them. They can write to me. I'm very happy to talk to people and give them instructions on how to send a submission. 
Yes, I've got those details here, Sandy. If you want to send an email supporting this petition, the address to send it to is petitions at scottish.parliament.uk and you'll need to quote the reference PE1595 or your email, Sandy, if people want some advice from you is sandytaylor901 at gmail.com. We really need to make a presence felt because, I say, this is an epidemic, uh, these schemes. Now, we're not against high streets being revitalised and so on. All we're asking for is a safe means of crossing the road, and that's been denied us. It's a straightforward right that you think everybody that shares public space should have a right to be safe. Sandy Taylor, thank you so much for speaking with me today on Insight Radio. Been my pleasure, sure. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.